Welcome to this BTN podcast. I'm Andy Hoskins and I'm editor of BTN Europe. Joining me today is Abby Penson, Chief Executive of the Focus Travel Partnership. Abby, thanks for joining me. Tell us a little more about Focus. So Focus is 60 TMC partners. Um, prior to the pandemic period, we had a combined turnover of £1 billion, which put it in a very um, strong position when we were going out and the negotiating certain commercial deals whether that be through the airlines or technology i think that figure made it a very powerful buying group um, you know these tmcs they range in sizes they range in um, sectors that they service but all in all you know they come together not just to create a buying power but to create a community as well which you know we've seen over this period over the last seven months that communities has really strengthened um, and it's been really great to see these partners actually come together um, to support one another, um, you know, and just feed off each other, share their wins, share their successes. So I think, yes, we can hang on that £1 billion figure. But, you know, I think the one thing that I really want to promote at the moment is that real sense of community that it brings as well. Yeah, sure. So much more than just a sort of a commercial organisation, I suppose. Partnership that's owned by the partners for the partners, essentially. You know, they're all shareholders. It's not for profit. Um, so, you know, they've really got something... Um, that you know that they um, they hold in high regard and um, they see the benefit in more way than one from it. Okay well we last met face to face I believe back in January when uh, Covid was barely on the radar in Europe and uh, mm. I, think, I think at the time you, you announced the appointment of Adrian Parks formerly of uh, the Business Travel Association as your non-executive chairman um, and you yeah. talked a little bit about um, strategy moving forward. A lot's obviously changed since then so can you talk us through sort of your own experience of the pandemic and and that of your members also? Yeah, so I think when we met, we did um, a press launch, didn't we, where we introduced Adrian and the and the strategy for the first year of um, Focus Trading as a as a limited company as an independent. Our strategy, like most people's strategies, you know, um, went on the back burner quite quickly in March. And we sat down and I think one of the great things about the partnership as well, I said earlier on that it's a partnership owned by the partners for the partners on our board is made up predominantly of um, those TMC partners. So we were really able to feel from the get go as to where the pain points in this pandemic were going to be. So we could align or realign, I beg your pardon, that strategy quite quickly. So um, I think, you know, when it first happened, there was, um, I guess there was an air of panic and um, people were, you know, bogged under doing you know all these you know cancelling all of these tickets and doing all of their reissues and it was just pandemonium so we sat down really and you know looked at where can we help what can we do to assist these guys you know they're travel managers they know what they're doing from a travel management point of view but what other value could we bring to the table we we started with a few things I think one of the biggest things that we identified quite quickly was that there was the need to be able to assist people getting back to the UK so we set up a get me home campaign which was a really great success story um, we got 15 TMCs that came together and they put together a 24-7 cover of being able to help these people repatriate back to the UK we had that up and running in in, in 32 hours which was just absolutely amazing and these 15 TMCs they worked together relentlessly sharing information sharing intel to be able to ensure that they were getting these travelers back home and they weren't just necessarily corporates we did have a lot of corporates that were stranded there was a lot of marine passengers that were stranded but a lot of them were backpackers you know parents wanting to get their backpacking kids home um so that was a massive 
um, operation that lasted about two weeks until borders were closing and you know it, it kind of ceased to become a practical service at that point but there were some amazing success stories that came from that so a real testament to what um, you know what the partnership could pull together within like I said within 32 hours so that was one thing mm. we then looked at supplying support services as well so offering a consultancy approach and using that buying power to make sure that we were getting I guess you know when furlough first came up you know it was a word that a lot of people were unfamiliar with so we got employment lawyers and HR companies to help them cir circumnavigate through the complexities that furlough initially brought um, we then had a legal team that came and helped with their contracts because all of a sudden you know pandemic and things like this were, were probably unfamiliar to them and in their contracts as well it necessarily there was a lot of gray area around it there wasn't necessarily straightforward guidance on how to work their way through the contracts that they had with their clients or with their own insurance um, policies as well so we deployed legal companies to help them with that mm. we also looked at working with our financial company to offer them um, advice on how they could access the government support as well as other areas that they could look into as well so there was lots of different ways that we looked at it but all in all I think it was again it was led from the board of directors which is why you know the partnership is so great because we can tap into that resource at any given time so we really do understand what the partnership requires from us at any given moment in time so that was um that was unbelievably beneficial to us but we've had amazing feedback from our partnership through this period that we've been able to apply support as and when they needed it and you know with a quick turnaround as well mm -hmm. some great benefits there for for what our smaller tmcs who um, maybe if they weren't a member of an organization such as focus wouldn't be able to get that support from other means yeah i think we i think we calculated on average within the first 12 weeks of the pandemic period we provided per tmc twenty thousand pounds worth of consultancy services mm. for them so you know and i know that was very beneficial another thing that we did was you know and i'm sure you can identify with this that when it first hit there we were inundated with information and trying to circumnavigate through all of that information was you know well, it, was, it was a pig to be fair you know and i think when looking at these tmcs and they've got their head down they're cracking on they're trying to service their clients and all the complexities that um the initial lockdown brought to then have to sit through and wade through uh, i guess you know like a quagmire of information it was a task it was something that you know on top of everything else would have just been too much i think so what we did was we fielded through all the information we consolidated it we put it out in um, a daily bulletin the concept behind it was that you know go grab a cup of tea sit down open the email all the information that you need to know for today is in that email um saving them to go you know start trawling through their inbox and the news outlets and things like that. So we got massive feedback on that, that that was incredibly beneficial as well. So lots of little things that we were looking to. We do see ourselves as an extension of their teams. So how could we service them outside of our normal model? And then once things settled down a little um, and the realisation that this was going to be a long-term impact hit home, what, what was the mood then among members? I think, you know, it's been a roller coaster, I think, for everybody in our industry, to be honest with you. I think there's always been resilience and determination. Um, and then I think you tie that in with a whole lot of frustration as well. We've got good, solid business models within our partnership led by 
great business people. They've grown their business models to be as successful as they were prior to this pandemic. So they've got a good mind on them. They've got a good head on their shoulders. So they've been able to apply the, the right business mindset to this situation. But like everybody else, it's not just about the control that you've got over your own business, the support that's available to you outside of it as well. So, you know, there is that determination within them. There is that sense of camaraderie in them, but there is also a massive amount of frustration, as I'm sure, you know, you're probably well aware of. It's obviously a hugely challenging environment at the moment with very little revenue coming in. But I seem to remember that your members, despite their size, they have to meet certain financial criteria to be a focused member and therefore, by definition, should be relatively stable businesses right now. That's correct. Yeah. And we, you know, we are very selective as to who we bring in. There is a very rigorous implementation and interview process to get in. And ultimately it goes up, you know, against uh, the board of directors from an interview process. So I think, you know, we always have been very cautious as to who we let in as we safeguard, you know, a lot of our our deals that we have in and the integrity as well that we have um, within within the partnership, but the respect that we have with the airlines as well, we wouldn't want to compromise that. 21 years of trading it has an exceptional reputation so we're very confident that the partners that we have in are you know your top tier of SME TMCs Um, and like I said to you know just now that these businesses they've been led by very established and capable business people and that's you know that's what's going to help them circumnavigate through this. Mm. And and despite that you know we've seen um, we've seen failures elsewhere unfortunately and we've seen mm. TMCs big TMCs talk about huge swathes of redundancies 30% has been a figure that's come up a few times is that sort of reflective of your membership too I think you know each each agency is different and I think you know how they're looking at their cutbacks I think furlough has helped them considerably I think the latest scheme is laughable for the TMC computer community to be honest with you serves no support whatsoever Mm -hmm. um so i think it depends on the individual tmc as to what they're looking at staffing levels are they going to be impacted of course they are you know and i think it really just does it comes down to essentially the need of the tmc look you know once this picks up and it starts going again these companies they're going to need to have the experience and the skill set to be able to run with it once it does Mm -hmm. and i think this is the thing that you know when you look at the tmc They've got, they've got these long-standing clients, these agents, they know their business inside out. So it's, I guess it's weighing it up in some respect, isn't it? Is how lean do you cut back without being able to service it once it picks back up again? You know, we go back to 2008 recession when you look at redundancies then. It was an opportunity for a lot of businesses to cut away their dead wood, I guess, in some respect. I don't, we're not necessarily sealing that feeling here. Um, amongst our partnership these agents have been with them for very many years they're ingrained into their businesses they know their corporates so it's not just a case of looking at a cost of course they're going to have to look at their cost but it's also the investment that they've got in their teams and the ability to be able to service the corporate when it picks back up again so I think you know in a long-winded way of answering your question I think it's on a case-by-case basis to be honest with you but yeah are there going to be redundancies of course there are yeah, and as that financial tap of support is is turned off this autumn, we, we need opportunities to open up for travel. So, I mean, mm. I know you've had some talks about testing and various schemes. We had the Global Travel Task Force launch last week, which is uh, better late than never, I suppose. Testing is going to be the key to it. We know that. 
but you've got to do it properly. And, there, you know, I think there needs to be better structuring, but there also needs to be better commitment. And I think the question that I put to um, uh, Dido Hudden the other day was met with very, you know, I mean, it was, it was a very wishy-washy answer, which was incredibly disappointing. But I think that's what we're seeing on a whole at the moment is that someone needs to take ownership of it. Somebody needs to roll it out. Somebody needs to make sure the control measures are in, because if we don't get, started at some point this is just going to roll on somebody just needs to say right this is the situation we've got the testing we can get it in play let's start rolling it out maybe start rolling it out on quieter routes but let's start getting an action in play because all the time we're talking about it and not doing it we're just delaying getting travel up and going again and that's what i think is causing mass frustration is the dithering around by government Absolutely. And we're also seeing uh, a lot of proposals from a lot of different stakeholders in the market, from airports and airlines and TMCs, um, mm. uh, and indeed the uh, common pass from the World Economic Forum. What the world needs is some sort of global standard. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's so many people that are putting solutions um, for consideration. And it's it, that, I think that's what's the frustrating about is that the right people aren't being listen to and I think you know you speak to any of our TMCs and you know and that's the general feeling on it and I have to say I'm in complete agreement with it you look at us as an industry I recently did a um, an airport tour with um, BA at Heathrow and I was bowled over I was so impressed with the security measures that they'd put into play and I came out of there you know reassured that travel is not the issue here it's not as an industry we've adapted to it very quickly Um, the safety measures that have gone in they've listened to the need of the passenger they know what solutions that they need to to implement that's not the problem the problem is a complete lack of recognition and support for the industry and that's what i think that's what i find incredibly frustrating that there are people that if you consulted with could guide and help and the solutions are there but it's somebody needs to make a decision and, and get cracking with it sooner rather than later preferably i guess yeah, um, business travels was went to zero percent of previous levels during the the, um, mm. the worst part of the pandemic and what are you what's the typical volume now that you're seeing amongst members i think it depends on their client base and which sectors they're servicing really you know we are seeing marine construction and engineering picking up um, and then the key workers in in and uh, the entertainment industry you know they're still we're still seeing travel there, which is very promising. Are people travelling? Yes, we are starting to see it um, domestically and short haul, long haul, not so much. Again, that comes back down to all the quarantine and issues like that. All the time they're putting hurdles in front of us, we're not going to be able to do it. And look, we're not saying that we want to get back to travelling with no regard for safety. That's not what's being said here at all. We are responsible travel managers, and that is essentially what a travel management company is there to do is not just to manage um, travel programs but it's tr- to manage them responsibly and if you've got individuals that are capable of doing it prepared to that why would you not listen to them why would you not give them the opportunity to manage that travel responsibility responsibly I mean it makes no sense to me whatsoever that we're just not being heard and I think that's a frustrating part because people want to travel essentially but they want to do it safely mm. and like I said to you before for me as an industry We've got that covered. You look at the airlines. I think I ought to put an interesting stat out with regards to um, the amount of people that have actually become infected on an aircraft. You know, you look at it in, like, in cases like that and it, and, it, and, it, and it makes perfect sense why the industry has got it absolutely 
nailed down because I genuinely do believe that we do travel is not the issue. Mm, there's pent up demand for it. I'm out on the road today and it's, you know, I've met up with a couple of my suppliers who I've not seen since prior to this. And it, you know, I've come out of that meeting invigorated to me. And again, we've done it responsibly. We've done it safely. We've, you know, we've followed the guidelines, but we've managed to get in a room together and have a, have a great meeting. And I think there's, there's a desire to do that now. You sort of talked about the complexity now uh, in terms of the information that, that we're receiving and in terms of quarantine and border closures and also about the need to be a, TMCs to be able to serve clients still when travel does come back. And I guess what we're going to see is a much more consultative approach rather than a, mm. a, a purely transactional business, which I'm assuming a lot of your members are closer towards in any case. Yeah, absolutely. I think in the past... Some people may have questioned the value of a TMC when they've been able to, so I can go online and I can, you know, we've all heard that I can see it on Skyscanner for cheaper than, you know, you'll show me. But I think the value of a TMC has just skyrocketed, to be honest with you. I think, you know, these guys, they know what they're doing. It's what they do for a living, responsibly manage a travel programme. And I think the complexities around that now, they're going to require that level of expertise that these TMCs have. You wouldn't trust the well-being of your staff with somebody that, couldn't circumnavigate through those complexities so if you weren't working with a responsible um, TMC before this I can't imagine why you wouldn't want to now. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of talk recently about sort of changing TMC models you know when transactions go to zero then uh, so does income Um, Mm. and there's been a lot of talk about new models sort of subscription fees has, has been the popular phrase is that something you're hearing about amongst members is there going to be a sort of industry change in direction do you think in fact i think the bta issued a white paper about it earlier this week yeah i think it's definitely being talked about like you said i think you know when you strip something back to the to the basics in which you know a lot of businesses have had to do you know not just within our industry when you build it back there is always the opportunity to look at what the you know the new need is so I think it's going to be topical. I think it will continue to be topical. And who knows what that's going to look like. I think there could be very different models that um, people are looking at. I don't necessarily think the traditional model will, will naturally go away. But I think you will get people that will now start to look at what does it look like moving forward if you know you've got an agent that's working considerably longer on an inquiry that they once were on for a, you know, for a booking fee. Does that, does that still work? Of course, they're going to be looking at that now. It's an ideal opportunity, like you said. And clients, do you think, are more likely to be prepared to pay for all the services that TMCs deliver beyond the transaction? So the the support, the duty of care, the tracking, the data. I can't see how they can't expect it. And I think they do expect it. I know speaking to some of the TMCs that I work closely with in the partnership, they're absolutely hearing that from their corporates that they expect to now see and have to pay for the additional services now getting or they now recognize that they're getting you know there's a distinct difference between the two so yeah i think the corporate would be prepared for it and again that's for the tmc to manage that they should be selling what they're doing in the additional service they're doing that's what makes a good tmc valuable okay well the the big topic before covid was brexit (laughs) and we've left the eu and we've got the transition period coming to an end now are corporate clients talking to your members about Brexit? Are they prepared? I can't believe it's kind of gone on the back burner, really, that subject. But yeah, we are still talking about it. I think it got massively sidelined by the pandemic. But yeah, and, and again, it comes down to the value of um, a TMC. They are going to need assistance with um, the changes that Brexit are going to 
going to deliver. So I think, yes, it is very topical. I think those conversations are being had. I think, you know, they're probably very much in the shadow of the pandemic. But I think, again, it's the same with anything, isn't it? It's a, it's a case of having that service to be able to support the corporate for the needs that Brexit is going to bring and, and promoting it as well. And, add in, and that added value that these agencies can bring to their programme. Mm. The lack of testing and the harsh travel restrictions is particularly poignant for the UK because because of the exit from the EU and our, you know, oh, we're, know. we're going to inherently need to travel more to, to trade. Of course, but we need to be taken seriously as a as a nation that can travel. Again, this this is for government, I guess, to be able to come forward and identify themselves as as an international trading nation or not and how can you trade if you're if you if you've closed all of your borders and and you've got these ridiculous quarantine measures in i mean it makes no sense to me whatsoever well there's so many unknowns but what do you think is the, the pace of business travel recovery is going to look like in the year ahead we've heard all sorts of figures some are just hoping maybe to get up to 40 percent by the end of next year some have been a bit more ambitious and have said 80 percent what what do you think is realistic I think that's the million dollar question, isn't it, really? I think if we can get some kind of structure into play by the end of the year where we can get some form of testing sorted and we can make the option for travel a lot more achievable than it is at the moment, I'd like to, you know, that 80 figure would be fantastic, wouldn't it? But I think until we can get some kind of structure in play that allows us to be able to move around more freely who knows what the answer to that question is and unfortunately that's on government to recognize that there is work to be done here in order to help these companies achieve those high percentages yeah i think we're all looking for a lot of answers from government at the moment Mm. well we'll leave it on that note abby thank you very much for joining us and we wish you well and we'll um we'll keep track of what focus gets up to in the year ahead lovely well thanks for having me andy nice talking to you